and welcome to the very first edition of Carversed, brought to you by Classic and Sports Finance, the UK's market leader in producing financial packages for those seeking a classic car, a sports car, or even a racing car. My name is Simon Aaron. I've been a freelance photojournalist specialising in motorsport for far more years than I care to remember. It's my great privilege today to welcome our very first guests in this series, the UK's youngest all-female historic crew, Elise and Seren White. Before we begin, though, I'd like to introduce you to Classic and Sports Finance's Managing Director, Rob Johnson, a keen amateur racer who can explain some of the rationale behind what we're doing. Rob, there are many slick, well-established, very fine podcasts covering the automotive industry, motorsport in particular. So why are we doing this? What's the, and what, 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 what fresh ground are we hoping to break? Yeah, why? It's a very good question because I was introduced to podcasts probably about 24 months ago. Um, you know, you turn on the radio and it's music or you actually, when you get a little bit older, you like to listen to people and listen to things and learn and just get exposed to other, other elements that are out there. And in our industry, we've always been engaged with the people on the ground. And a lot of these podcasts were focusing on famous people that have made it big, lots of money involved, etc., etc. But through our business, we found the real people, the people on the ground, the enthusiasts, the passionate people. And I want to seek out those people and hear their stories, why they do it, how they do it, and just their devotion to the passion that they love, which is cars. The sports grassroots have always been close to my heart, and I agree that they contain many fascinating human interest stories, which rarely receive the publicity they deserve. On which note, I'd like to offer a very warm welcome to Sarah and Elise White, the youngest all-female historic rallying crew in the UK. Um, your father used to rally, so how? I mean, are your memories of watching your dad compete? Are they have been wet? miserable, cold, wanting to go home? Or did you sort of get the bug quite soon? <laughs> That's more of a question for Seren. So this story starts when I was four years old and our dad was marshalling at the time and organising rallies. And he arranged to go marshalling at some ridiculous time in the morning uh, with his friend and I overheard the conversation. So got myself up and dressed for half past three in the morning Packed my little bag. How old were you? Four. Okay. Packed my little bag and stood by the front door waiting for him. And he wouldn't take me with him because he was on a start line and it was really dangerous. I get that now. <laughs> but at four, I didn't understand. And it just started this, I, I don't know, passion in me, I guess. But it lay dormant for a long time because he then stopped doing rallies and life got in the way. And then when he got back involved, when I was oh, 16 years old, I had to go and help. It was a, just a primal instinct that I just had to go and marshal myself and dragged Elise along with me and that's how it all started. See for me I was literally dragged into it because I was... You'd no prior interest whatsoever. I was one when my dad was rallying <laughs> so I'm gonna say I don't remember it Okay, um, but when Sarah was 16 so I was about 13, 14 it wasn't an interest for me I wanted to do dancing and ballet um, but I got dragged along and I actually really enjoyed it it was really fun seeing the cars go past you and you can smell the engines and the oils and things it's great so you've developed this interest what was it what was the trigger that sort of made you both 
want to start, or how did you get to start competing? As many great stories start in the bar, <laughs> we were marshalling. I presume you're older than 13 by now. Uh, a little bit older. I think I was 18, actually. At this point, you were 18, just allowed to be in the bar. Yes. Um, so we had been marshalling for many years by this point, and uh, we were in the bar, and some oh it was on an event and there were not many women taking part at all in fact i didn't think there were any on this no, one there were no women. and we naively asked when the women's event was and the gentleman jokingly said oh no it's it's much too difficult for women it was a complete joke but we took it to heart it was a red flag to a bull and we wanted to compete it took us two years two to years. raise the money but we went all out, didn't we? Because we, we went, uh, we raised money for charity. We raised money to get the car and we wore pink as a big statement, a bold <laughs> statement. And a lot of the marshals along the way said, if you make it to us, because none of them thought we'd actually make it to the end. They said, if you make it to us, for every point you get to, we'll give you five pound or 10 pound. And we ended up raising a decent amount. It was all for breast cancer, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, I should mention, the, the event was Le Jog, so Land's End to John yes, Groats yeah. in December. Um, so getting to each marshal was a significant point, if that makes sense. And we broke down, I think it was 17 times. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and we were terrible. We, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We were in a mini, um, a 1964, and we fell asleep in the bucket seats. So uncomfortable. Do not recommend it. Um, and it was in the middle of Scotland as well. Yeah, bor borrow services. Yeah, and we broke down on the Kengorms, and oh, it was just hilarious. Can't believe we made it to the end, but it kind of was a baptism of fire. Yeah, we, we were only going to do the one event just to prove that we could, um, but totally got bitten by the bug, and we kept saying, well, if we didn't break down, we could have maybe got this far, and if we didn't break down here, we would have got this many points back, and then, <laughs> yeah, so we ended up wanting to better ourselves. And... Uh You've competed in all sorts of cars and all sorts of events. I mean, I'm assuming you don't nick them. Um, <laughs> that, what, uh, I mean, you've, you've got a couple of your own, a Standard 10 and a Nissan Stanza, I think. Yes. Um, but you've also competed in all sorts of other stuff. I mean, what, are you renting them, borrowing them, or how are, you, how are you going about that? So when we started, we couldn't actually afford to get a classic car. Uh, especially, I mean, I couldn't even afford to get my own car at the time. So we were working really really hard to raise money so that we could afford to compete and we'd hire them from uh, the arrive and drive fleet at hero and then uh, we would use that for that rally and then give it back then we decided okay if we want to be serious we need to get our own car so we raised the money we kept saving everything we could and we ended up getting our little standard 10 our stanley you say you want to be serious and you bought a standard 10. Serious with what we could afford, I think, is the... <laughs> yeah, of course, the dream would be to have a Porsche 911 um, or a Tiger Sunbeam, something like that. But there's something about winning in the smallest engine. Oh, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Anyone can win in a Porsche, but you have to be good to win in a, in a, standard a low... standard 10. Yeah, in a standard 10. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I presume the, the cost element is... I mean, apart from the fact you were familiar with rallying through the family connection, I presume that the, the cost element is one of the reasons that you looked at historic rallying rather than, say, karting. Yeah, so the to get into classic rallying is, is an awful lot cheaper than getting into karting. Plus, we kind of missed the boat 
you you do need to get into and even about seven years old yeah. yeah well you were you were you were keen i was yeah, yeah. I you, think... you, you, were, you were well ahead of the curve oh i would have loved it I, if i'd if there'd been more if our dad had been more involved as i got slightly older from four years old i definitely would have been up for karting i love it i absolutely love going to the karting circuit now um None of my friends will go with me. I don't know why. Because you win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are there are two of you, obviously. Um, do you take it in turns driving, or does one of you specialise in driving and one of them in navigating? Do you argue about it? How does, uh, how does it work? We found our niche. Uh, we used to swap quite a lot, um, but I like to go fast when I drive. And Sarah doesn't like that. <laughs> no, on, re- on regularity rallying, it's all about average speeds. So there are moments where you do have to go quite fast, but there are moments when you do have to hold yourself back. Elise likes the fast pedal quite a lot. But also... Is there she- for a reason? You press it. Oh, so is the brake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Forget about that. <laughs> Elise is incredible on OS maps. Um, she can read an OS map and direct you better than your sat-nav can. Uh, so that's why she ended up on the maps and me driving. I ended up when, I think it was just on a rally, um, I was looking at a map and I just loved knowing exactly where we were, where was north, if something went wrong. So if a road was closed, I knew exactly where we could go. And I find that quite comforting. And even now, if I'm not looking at a map, if I've been there, I can tell you where to go. And I just love that. But also, say on maps, again, is quite amusing. <laughs> Only because there was one rally and it was, there were crossroads and crossroads and crossroads and we had to go straight over. And I think the fifth one, we had to turn left. And I think we were on the fourth one. And I said, where are we going? She went, I don't know. I've forgotten how many crossroads we've gone over. (laughs) (laughs) So we pulled over. Yeah, we just waited. (laughs) No, but also I presume it suits you. If if you are concerned about her passion for speed, if she's actually on the, she hasn't got a steering wheel in her hands, then you, you feel more comfortable anyway, don't you? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we used to take it in turns and, and we were both quite the same level with the driving, really, um, in terms of the competition side of things. Uh, but when Elise developed this passion for maps and became quite obvious that when she was navigating, we were doing a lot better than when I was navigating, uh, we decided to stick to that. Although having said that, we sometimes navigate for separate people. Um, which is hilarious because, as you can imagine, although we're absolute best friends, sisters, all of that, the competition does get quite intense when we're against each other. <laughs> Have you had a, a sort of, any sort of good Barneys when you've been in the car? Any proper, proper arguments? And what was the best, if so? Or did you just laugh about it? I don't it? think we tend to argue. We tend to laugh a lot, normally because a bee has flown in and says flapping around going, get away, get away. <laughs> well, I, I noticed, I mean, I, I did know, I noticed when I, uh, before we met up for this, I, I don't look at your website, I look at your track record and stuff. And the photographs on your website, you both seem to be smiling an awful lot. Now, I'm not sure if it's only, you only upload the shots in which you're smiling, or if it's just genuinely, you are absolutely that passionate. You look like two people who are really, really happy doing what you're doing. We love it. We do love it. Just, I don't think there's a moment when we look serious in the car, even when we're doing absolutely terrible. We find that so great, don't we? And for us, it's, it's something that we actually get to enjoy together. And as our lives have developed and now we live apart and we don't get to see each other on a daily basis rallying has become not just our passion because we enjoy rallying but also our chance to socialize. get together yeah. and socialize yeah. with each other yeah the, um 
Historic rallying generally, I mean, event, events vary in length, but they take up, you know, they can take up a whole weekend, they can take up five, six days, they can take up a whole week. I mean, how are you able to accommodate that within your sort of everyday lives? I mean, I would just rally every single day if I could, but apparently you can't do that for a living yet. <laughs> Maybe one day. Luckily, we're both self-employed, so um, it's been quite easy-ish, I guess, um, to arrange time off to go on these rallies. Um, the downside is being self-employed. When you're on a rally, you're then not, not getting many. paid. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something I understand very well, uh, being being in the, being in the same boat. But the, um. What sort of what sort of budget are you looking at? I mean, obviously, again, it'll vary. It'll depend on you know the event and how long it takes and how many nights you're away, etc. But I mean, typically for a you know a fairly run of the mill sort of historic rally, what sort of cost you're looking for over you know to cover the whole event? So the average is probably a three three or four days, something like um, rally of the test or something. Uh, finance manager is Seren. How much would that cost? <laughs> <laughs> I just give her money. <laughs> Uh, rally of the test is about 1,500 uh, to compete on. It depends on certain things. But it, depending on what we've done that year and how we've worked and our financial status, um, we can look at different rallies. So we go from one-day events, which are 150 quid for a day. And you can, if you want, you can drive up that morning, get up really early. You don't have to stay over anywhere, do the rally and drive home that night. And that keep, keeps your costs right down. Um, but if we have worked really hard and got a good contract or whatever, then we, we do try and do the longer events and the harder ones, which are more intense. But we thrive on the competition of But that. it also depends on the car because if something has broken and it's a big cost to fix it, that's going to affect us. So we have to take that into consideration as well. If we can't fix it, we have to then pay somebody to go and give it a good in, I mean, in terms of In terms of motorsport, there's still quite a lot of bang for your buck. I mean, if you look at a, you know, you go and race a sports car and a historic race meeting or something, you know, you, an entry fee for a half hour race and a half hour practice session is 300 quid plus. Um, or thereabouts. So you're actually getting, you know, you're getting quite a lot of, you're getting a lot of competitive mileage for your per pound, aren't you? Definitely, and I think it's a really great way to get into it. Even if you know, even if you do have money and you just want to try something different or new, it's it's a great way to try that element of motorsport. We get a lot of racing drivers that perhaps don't want to be spending the money on the racetrack, or perhaps um, don't want to be in that level of competition anymore that come down and try it and they think they're going to be bored doing what we do but actually they they end up really enjoying it they don't realize that in the car you don't actually have a moment to think about your life outside the car you spend so much time thinking about your timing and directions and how the car is working and where you've got to be and what time's lunch so you haven't got time to think about or, or how many crossroads you've been across exactly yeah, you've got to yeah. do the maths yeah, yeah. <laughs> What are, what are the, what are the, I mean, apart from spending the night in a freezing cold mini up in the Cairngorms, I mean, what have been the biggest sort of challenges you faced so far? Or was that, or was that the biggest challenge? Oh my gosh, so many stories. <laughs> Feel free. Stanhope Ford is probably the biggest challenge we faced. Uh, so when we first started this, we were just... We know, were naive. We were naive. We were new drivers. Um, passed our test maybe, well, you'd passed your test a year before, not even that. Yeah, just a year before. And then I went straight into rallying, which was quite interesting. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, they didn't teach me to change down gears. Because a new cars? car, you don't need to. But when I went, got in my first classic car and I was told you have to change down because the brakes don't work very well, it was a whole new thing to learn. 
So it was very, very interesting. But Stanhope Ford, actually, they've closed it now. You can't drive through it anymore. But um, they used to open it specifically for events. Um, it's a, gosh, 20-metre river crossing. Feels like five miles. It does. And they used to run it as a test. So you'd stop the car before the, before the Ford, start the car, drive through. You had to stop the other side, turn the engine off, turn the engine back on, and then pull up to the finish. And three times we did this test. The first time... We were totally over the time limit that you were allowed. It took us ages, didn't it? The second time we arrived to do that test, it was really flooded. And there were no other cars around when we got there. I think we were but running a bit late. the thing is, I had driven it the first year. So Sarah was driving it the second year. And she's like, well, I can't not do it. And she'd done <laughs> it. She'd done it. Elise had done it in a Mini. And I was this year driving a BMW 1602. I was like, if she did it in a Mini, I have to be able to do it in a BMW 1602. So we arrive and the marshals count us now, three, two, one. And actually there's a video of this on YouTube and I had to bleep it because there was quite a lot of swearing. <laughs> and I don't normally swear. And we, off we went, we drove through this river and it was so high and it was absolutely terrifying. Got to the other end and they had actually said, because it was so high, not to turn the engine off. So we pull up to the end and we finish and the, every all the spectators just erupted into applause and everything because it turned out that out of 80-odd cars that were on this event, only 14 had attempted this test and only seven had got through. And I think <laughs> being two young females in a car, unfortunately there are stereotypes and we'd got through and everyone was just, it was incredible. But we had taken half of the river with us because it was a left-hand drive and Sarah was on the side that the water was coming in and the whole of her side of the car filled with water and we got out and we were like, yeah, we made it through, we made it through. Then we look, looked in the back of our car and our handbags were <laughs> sitting in a nice pool of water. Now, we don't take handbags on rallies anymore. I wonder why. But we ended up then having to pull over and the mechanics drilled holes in the bottom of the car to get rid of the water because we had a test next and it was just going to be swishing everywhere. It was like a tidal wave <laughs> underneath, my, underneath my seat. So every time we braked, this tidal wave would come forward and hit my feet on the pedals. And it was very hard not to just lift your feet I mean, up. I didn't see the problem because the BMW had a perfect bit in the middle that divided the car. So there was nothing on my side. I was perfectly dry. Yeah, but your handbag was wet. My handbag was wet, but I didn't need that till later. But do you remember the smell? It stank. Oh my gosh, it was this horrible, murky water fish. I don't even know why it's not a fish, it was a river, but oh, it was well, horrendous. Fish are in rivers. <laughs> oh yeah, it's sea salty rivers. I mean, no, fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. You've, you've had a few wins and a few podium placings now. Which events have most stood out for you, not apart from just getting across the river, uh, which, which events have given you the most sort of satisfaction, most outstanding in your collective or individual memories? I have two. Uh, the first one is the Winter Challenge. Um, we started uh, in France. I don't know where it started. The 2K in France, and then drove all the way down to Monte Carlo, and we ended up finishing at the top of the Col de Torini. And it was... The which car was this in? This was in a Porsche. I was navigating, not with oh, Sale on this one. the Porsches that you were saying you'd like to be driving, all that sort yes. of stuff. Yeah, 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 Unfortunately, yeah. I wasn't with Sale on this one. But just coming up the top, uh, or going up the, the track of the Col de Torini and finishing at the top, and it was my first ever win of a rally. And it was just amazing. What a place to finish and to be first. And I on the way down, because it's about an hour and a half all the way into Monte Carlo, and I was just smiling the whole way going, I can't believe this. This is just surreal. But the second one is Iceland with Sarah. 
And that is just, you can tell the story of Iceland because it's just phenomenal. Iceland was just amazing. I mean, it's a great country anyway, but on the Icelandic rally, you travel around the whole perimeter of the uh, island. And, and what were you in this time? I presume not a Porsche. No, we shipped Stanley out uh, to <laughs> yeah, Iceland. Because there are um, loads of standard tens in Iceland, aren't there? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the roads are mainly gravel. Um, it was oh, absolutely incredible. The landscape changes from what I imagine Mars would be like to the moon to, I don't know, a tropic countryside. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and we competed for seven days in Stanley. We were the smallest engine car taking part. And we finished second overall, and it was just amazing. We just had so much fun. The whole thing, we didn't stop smiling, and the roads were all gravel, so Sarah was getting the back end out. We were just having a great time. You've mentioned the subject a few times of, of stereotypes. Uh, it's always struck me that uh, there's a lot in common between equestrian sports and motorised sports in terms of there being a an intermediary body, whether it's a car or a horse, that you have to control. And I've always felt that, on paper, there should be no barrier at all. And we see it in, we've seen it a lot in horse racing recently, with Rachel Blackmore dominating the Cheltenham Festival, winning the Grand National, um, and there have been lots of other successful female jockeys. But even so, in motorsport generally, I mean, Michelle Mouton was fantastic in the World Rally Championship 40 years ago. But have you any theories about why, relatively speaking... Uh, you know, the, the, the balance between male and female in motorsport is so skewed in one direction. I think it's just that, unfortunately, you know, in the past we have had stereotypes and, and mainly men have been interested in motorsport and it's just not offered, or it wasn't, offered to girls at a young age. And luckily, I think that is changing so much now um, that we are going to funnel, you know, it's one of those things, if, if eight women start karting when they're four, then you're not going to get them at the top end. But now so many girls are karting and we've got girls on track and things from Motorsport UK that that hopefully we'll get to the point where it is equal. And it's more than acceptable to be equal in this. It shouldn't be. There should be no divide. Yeah, I think that uh, it's one of those things when you're growing up, if you don't see a woman doing it, you think, oh, I can't do it. And when we were growing up there, we had it. We were told that it was too hard for women as a joke, but it was still said to us. And I think that going forward... Which has actually helped you in some way. Exactly. It's inspired us, but then hopefully us, but people seeing us doing it, it will inspire them and more people. And we've seen it on the classic rallies. We've got uh, people bringing their kids along to compete and their wives and their their friends just to get more women involved. It's fantastic. What what did, what did you think when the um, the W series all female single seater championship was announced? Were you were you against that in principle, or, or come on, you, <laughs> be, be honest? Oh, it's so hard. I was actually for it. I understand why people were against it, and I do get that it kind of alienates people and makes it stand out because it is focusing just on women. It's sort of going the opposite way. However, because of the past. We need that now. We're not going to need it in the future where it just focuses on women. But at, at this point in time, I actually think it's a really good thing. I don't know if Elise agrees on, with me on this one. Uh, no, well, I have in my history won Women Awards. And at the time, I hadn't won anything else, so it was fantastic. But now, when I get second or third, I'm like, that is so much more rewarding than best female. 
I mean, I, I was lucky enough to interview Michelle Mouton a couple of years ago, and she said that she was never interested in, you know, she won the Wounds Award for finishing seventh, didn't care. You know, she was, she only wanted to, to win full stop, which I thought was quite, which I, that was great. And uh, one of the things that I did, I went to the uh, W Series race at Brands Hatch uh, in 2019, and, well, I had my doubts as well for, because I, I just should be an equal playing field, etc. But one of the things I thought was quite interesting was that although the girls, some of the girls, women racing in the championship have had chances in single-seaters and, you know, they're good, maybe not Formula One potential, but the interesting thing for me was the number of young women in the paddock who were inspired by... You could see these eight, nine, ten-year-olds think, thinking, wow, you know, and that, that that's where I see, hopefully, you know, that in, in future we'll get a, you know, a, a pool of talent... Um, Coming, coming up through the ranks, which is, which, which is great. But, I mean, have you found that, as you've been involved in historic rallying for however many years now, six, seven, eight, whatever it is? Since 2012, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> not, well, nearly, nearly nine, yeah. yeah. Um, have you found that the level of female competition has kind of... Has inc- have, you, have you seen, because of what you've been doing, that other women have been inspired to participate as well? It's massively increased. Uh, we, we've seen it across the board uh, from people involved in organising to competing to getting younger generations involved. I, I've seen quite a few people, they own the car and they say to their daughter, you can borrow my car for this event, which I think is really lovely just to try and get them into the sport. It's just a shame our dad doesn't own a car. That I know, we, right? <laughs> we missed out there. <laughs> But also, when we first started, as we said, there's, there was no there was no women. What kind of English was that? There were no women taking part. Or if there were, they were very scarce. Now, well, Iceland, there were six people on the podium, first, second, and third, and three of them were women. And that, well, that just shows how equal it is becoming, I think. Yeah. So if a couple of young girls came up to you two tomorrow and said, right, I want to get started, what advice would you give them? In classic car rallying, yeah, (laughs) go for it. Um, Keep saving and uh, get on the maps because lots of people think that it is just about being the driver. And the driver normally gets all the praise, which I don't understand because as a navigator, do a lot of work myself. I know if the driver crashes, it's it's a little bit more serious than if I go the wrong way. But the maps and being the navigator is integral. Without the navigator, the driver is just sitting in a car driving somewhere. They don't know where they're going. They You're need a bit you. biased there, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, they need you. But this is the thing that everyone wants to be the driver, but you need to have a navigator. Yeah, the driver can lose the event, but only the, on, on classic car rallying, only the navigator can win, really. Uh, but the driver has a lot of fun, which is why I like driving. <laughs> What about the sort of you know, the, the longer term? I mean, you just you've got your professional careers with uh, your, your freelance pro- pro- professional careers and stuff, working in and around motoring mostly. Um, is this just going to remain a hobby for you too, or do you have any sort of longer term? You're still very young, relatively speaking. I mean, do you, do you have any longer term ambitions to do anything more professional on the driving side, or for me, or navigating side? <laughs> For me, I just crave the driving experience. I really want to get out on a track. Um, we, we get to go on tracks a lot uh, with the rallying, but it's you're the only car yeah. out there. I want to have a go at that. I really want to race at Goodwood. I don't know why. This is just this thing in my head. I've seen it so many times, I think, in person that it's just become a, another one of those things I must do before I die. Uh, 
yeah, anything. I just want to get behind the seat of everything. A tank. I want to drive a tractor. Uh, tank yeah. races. <laughs> tank races. I really, I don't know. It's just a, it's become this development of me, I guess, that I just, if I think... You've lit the spark. So if, if I see you pottering around London in a double-decker bus or something, I shouldn't be surprised. No, definitely no. not. I think that would be really cool. <laughs> well, I mean, there, 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 I mean, there, the St Mary's Trophy at Goodwood, I mean, there is occasionally a, a standard 10 that turns up in that, so, you know, a bit of work on Stanley. Yeah, definitely. We should do that. So, and what about you? I mean, are you happy just to sort of uh, do it as a weekend hobby? or No, I, I really want to pursue and go further, but I, I don't know where to because with classic rallying there isn't much more of a stage so it would be maybe if they developed a world championship or something or or somewhere to continue the line because I want to go somewhere but I'm not sure where just well, yet. they've got these uh, FI motorsport games this year that they they've do. opened up a new historic regularity rallying section they do see that would be the next step you, you mentioned at the beginning that you were clueless in terms of, you know, how to wield a spanner and sort out, you know, broken down minis and stuff. I mean, have you, over time, have you now learned to maintain the cars and keep them, keep them going better? We've learned an awful lot. We started off knowing absolutely nothing, uh, but we still, there's still an awful lot to learn, I would say. Uh, we've learned random things that are useful on the events. So when you're on an event, anything can break. And we've had all sorts of things to a hole in the radiator and being asked if we had any eggs with us. Yes, because on a classic <laughs> rally in the middle of the countryside, I always carry six eggs. Uh, so uh, that's a great one. I, now I will. Next time, I'm just going to take eggs with me. They wouldn't. I mean, it's so bumpy on these. I know, they just break. Yes, cars. here are my eggs. <laughs> um, we've also had things from uh, forgetting the nozzle for the petrol tank and needing to refuel. So I cut a bottle open at the neck of the bottle, made that into a funnel to put it in, using a plastic bottle to stop oil leaking everywhere, starting the mini with a screwdriver, you know, all things that are really useful in life. Um, but from all of that, then we've also learned the little bits of maintenance to putting rubber around your brakes and all things like that. Yeah, and cleaning your spark plugs and just general tiny little things. Um, but the cars are still maintained properly by professionals. <laughs> I have to ask you, but I mean, I'm curious about your choice of a Nissan Stanza. Uh, I did mention it very briefly in the past, but it's, I don't know if you're just trying to get yourselves noticed by, you know, competing in something that no one else would compete in, probably. Uh, I mean, or was it just something you found that was cheap and thought, oh, well, why not? Yeah, basically. So Stanley is, is our baby now. Yeah. And um, some of the harder events are too, too hard for Stanley, uh, pushing it too hard. I mean, the top speed of Stanley is probably just over 50 miles an hour so it's Which hard isn't fast enough for you is it anyway no no, no. Okay. so it is hard to be very very competitive in that car and especially on the one day events you can't be good enough on the timings to to get that far ahead so we wanted something else that we could drive a little bit harder and unfortunately our budget was not huge so in 1983 Datsun it was yes exactly yes <laughs> Uh, and it is it's perfect for what we needed. You know, it's cheap, it's cheerful. We we drive it. Very Although hard. compared to Stanley, it's a bit like a limousine. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if people want to sort of get out and about and follow you in 2021, 
pandemic U-turns, etc. permitting, well, what events are you going to be doing? Do you know what? Yeah, this year we haven't booked anything, although we were talking about one rally earlier uh, this week. Um, but unfortunately, the pandemic has hit us quite hard, so our budget is a little low, but we'll work back up and we'll get back on some events. I mean, you never know, maybe we will get picked for the FIA Games and we can, uh, <laughs> we'll be out there doing that. That would be fun. But we always keep um, social media up to date with what we're doing and people can always follow that and see what car we've managed to fix or buy or what's happened to Stan. Yeah, we were going to, we tried to bring Stanley today and we, we uh, got her out and tried to get her started, but she wasn't having any of it this I'm morning. I'm going to say her, Stanley. Hang on, there's a bit of a gender imbalance uh, yeah. there. Stanley, Stanley, um, Stanley changes. <laughs> yeah, Stanley is a modern car. Uh, okay. uses the pronouns her, she, him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's Stan, Stanley, the uh, standard 10, and Ollie, the stanza. Stan and Ollie. Great. Well, I hopefully one day I might get to see you out and about on the stage. Thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you again in the next edition of Carversed. <laughs>